I've been I mean, less than usual there, this week. There was a time, joviality reigned throughout the land. When? We've been jovial together. We, we, remember oh, we is that what we're calling trip. it? The field oh. trip to the store in oh, Long John yeah. Silver's. Oh, we got to see the cool dudes. Oh, dude, Long John Silver's is so good. Mm-hmm. And you know what? It's disgusting, but I like KFC, too. Fuck, nothing disgusting about KFC. Give me more. Mm. Mm. <laughs> there, there's, KFC's pretty gross. On the spectrum of fr- like fast fried chicken. Okay, it, it's, it's no churches, but... No, it's certainly no Popeyes. And they have no catfish, so how dare they call them a fried chicken place, goddammit. Mm. Yeah, that's a real oversight. Mm-mm-mm. They really fucked the dog on that one. Man, I've been standing up for fast food a lot lately. And I don't know what, like, it seems to come up a lot lately, and people are trying to badmouth it. I only have one place that I absolutely can't stand, and that's Burger that? King. Really? Burger King is fucking garbage. It takes forever everywhere I've gone in America. It takes forever in the drive through mm-hmm. It costs an arm and a leg for what you're getting, and it tastes gross. See, I don't like it. I like their bacon double cheeseburgers and nothing else. I can't eat shit else on the menu. I love their bacon double cheeseburgers, so I'll have to double dip. Or you, go to, you ever go to, like... Oh, well, I never used to do this, but because I'm driving, I will go. Now that you're driving, have time, disposable income, and are old and picky. Yeah, so I'll fucking go to McDonald's for the fries. I'll go to Burger King for the uh, the bacon double cheeseburger because I don't put onions on it, and they use fucking Heinz ketchup. Mm. And uh, Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Sidebar. What? You're mad at Heinz ketchup? No, I'm mad that mcdonald's doesn't use heinz ketchup anymore oh yeah that's it doesn't gross. taste the same no so fucking the other place uses heinz ketchup mm, that's fair that's so strong it's got ketchup games. yeah so that's that's you know so and then i'll stop at culver's for i'll stop at culver's for a frozen custard for my dessert and if i'm feeling froggy and want to do something nice for my wife on the way home i'll pick her up pick her up a baja blast slushie from taco bell because oh, we are classy motherfuckers man See, I can't do that. I, I'm not a huge fan of, uh, like, drive throughs Uh-huh. And usually if you just hand me a bag of food, I'll just go, ah, fuck it. I don't feel like stopping anywhere else. Let's just go. Let's go eat this. Yeah, but you ever get to the point where you're, you're like, going to get good and high? And you know exactly what you want to eat. And you're going to go get that shit. So when you get good and high, it's going to taste ten times better? I guess. But, like, again, I, I don't have the patience. I will just culminate everything that's close enough or I'll just reroute every synapse in my brain and just go, you know what? Yeah, you only wanted like a grilled stuffed burrito, but you know what you could use? Some taco or nacho fries. Oh. And, you know, you could probably get like a t- burrito supreme or something too gotcha, just to fill gotcha. it out. Like, so you, you just go ham at the place you're at. I yeah, got you. I Yeah, I'll, we've been to Taco Bell together. Uh, yeah. It's an embarrassment of riches. Yes. I don't eat Taco Bell with people very often because it's fucking gross. I know, but we'll eat. When they, when they passed the bag, the guy's arm was straining from the heft uh-huh. of the bag for just us to eat just before the podcast. Oh, man. We ate, like, disgusting wino kings. Absolutely. I think that's because that's, we were still drinking. Mm-hmm. It was either right before we it, quit or directly after. It was. Dir- I think it was right after. Because my, my stomach was going Hobbs just before I quit. There was no fucking way. Well, I remember, oh, it was right around when I quit drinking that you and I went to Subway, and I ate a meatball sub, and my stomach has never hurt so bad in my entire life <laughs> after anything. Fucking having liquor DTs mm-hmm. and Subway of any sort, mm. no less a meatball with jalapenos on it. Fucking, oh. <laughs> And I will still eat those sawdust-made motherfuckers because I love the sauce. Oh, God, where dreams go to die. Mm-hmm. Subway. Uh, and, and Don't I, touch kids. I cook sandwiches for a living, and I'll still go to fucking Subway for their shitty sandwiches. I don't know why. Yeah. Mm. We're, like, the lettuce is wet, but it's not water wet. No, it's... It, it's, it's like just, weird silicone spray wet. Yeah, and it's still got crunch, but it shouldn't. Yes. <laughs> You're like, why is this crunchy? It's wet. <laughs> like when somebody's a dick and puts lettuce on a taco pizza before the oven. Oh. <laughs> like, there's the like rib parts, and you're like, why is that lettuce still crunchy? But the rest of it is like liquefied. <laughs> I, I'm afraid. Oh man. Whew. Should we do the thing? We got. Yeah, I suppose we could do the thing. All right. 
Hey everybody, welcome to Horror Vomit, where we talk about horror movies, so you don't have to. Wow, if I got my voice that high, I'd probably have to kick myself in the nuts. But yes, I'm very excited about talking today. My, my name is Chris Faff, and I'm one of your hosts. And I'm James Marino, and I'm the confusing other one of your hosts. Yeah, that's, that took longer than it usually does. Yeah, I fucking lost that track. Alright, so, James, it's time. Uh, it's time. You're going to ask me the question, aren't you? Nope, nope. Uh, I'm going to introduce everything. Uh, this week, we are talking about The Reckoning, mm-hmm. released in 2020, written by Charlotte Kirk and Neil Marshall, directed by Neil Marshall. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you buckle in, buddy. Oh. Uh, starring Charlotte Kirk as Grace, Grace Haverstock. Uh, Steve Waddington as Squire Pendleton, and the man himself, Sean Pertwee, Who? as John Moorcraft. That motherfucker Croft. can act his ass Moorcraft. All right. James? Yeah. Are you comfy? As comfy as I'm getting. You feeling good? As feeling far as relaxed? you know. Yeah. All right. Well, you just you, you take a minute because I'm, I'm going to lead you on an odyssey here, buddy. Oh, crap and doodle. Let's go. I, I I wanted to get into the wonderful world of Neil Marshall. Oh. I think I love this man, mm. and I think I hate almost every single one of his movies. <laughs> so, Neil Marshall, his first film was in 2002, mm-hmm. a little film called Dog Soldiers. I think it was episode four of this podcast where we covered Dog Soldiers. You covered it. I don't think I was yes, on board yet. Uh, yeah, but uh, delightful film. Hmm. Absolute delight. It, it looks like, and I don't remember if it technically is, but a sci-fi original. Okay. It's a lot of fun. It's about uh, some English special forces who uh, fight werewolves. I think I've seen parts of that. Yeah, it's a delight. Hmm. So that was 2002. In 2005, Neil Marshall scores big. He hits it big, James. Oh, how does he hit it big, buddy? With The Descent. Ooh. Widely him. considered one of the best horror films of the 2000s. As far as like popular horror goes, you know, right, right, right. mainstream releases. Well, The I Descent's mean, huge. Yeah. It's, it's a film that if you don't really like horror movies, somebody has said to you, oh, well, you should watch The Descent. Mm-hmm. It's pretty good, James. Well, I didn't like horror movies forever, and guess how many people told me I should watch that? A yeah. lot. Uh-huh. It's uh, spelunking with mm-hmm. monsters. Yeah. Monsters in a cave. No, I, I understood the concept yeah, and I've heard I, the I, I was story. Just but getting you know. on to what it was. Um, there is actually a very, very good uh, entire podcast episode about this called from a director piece theater. I believe it's on the Small Beans Network. I have to check where that they out. talk. It, it's all about the directing style of Neil Marshall in this film. It's it is a good, good movie. Mm. Now, James, in two thousand eight. Mm-hmm. Is where that gravy t- train with biscuit wheels starts to fall apart. <laughs> the gravy train with biscuit wheels. Okay. In 2008, he releases Doomsday. Oh, Christ, I'm sorry. Now, James, I have been very much considering whether... I can't figure out if I want to do it for this or for HPV. But one day, I will talk about Doomsday. Well, here's the deal. Doom- I'm down like a clown for anything. So if you want to do Doomsday, do it here and do it with me. Doomsday is one of the most wild ass movies I have ever seen in my life. Now, isn't that it? Wasn't Dwayne the Rock no. Johnson? What, no, 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 no. What am no, I? Th- no. I was Doom is the one I was thinking yes. of. No, Doomsday is every single movie ever thrown into a blender. Ooh, it, it's bug fuck nuts. Ooh. So in 2010, he makes Centurion. I think this is his only movie that I haven't seen. It, it, I know it's got Fastbender. It's about like, ancient warriors. Mm-hmm. <coughs> so after 2010, uh, Neil Marshall trans, uh, transitions a little bit to television work. He does uh, two episodes of Game of Thrones, an episode of Hannibal, an episode or two of Westworld, and the new Lost in Space, just to name a few. Yeah, just you know, you know, wrote in a few sleepers. People haven't heard about much, but you know. Yep. So uh, Get Neil his name Marshall. Out there. From after 2010's Centurion, reemerges to the big screen in 2019 dun, dun, dun. with Hellboy. Oh, okay. A movie everyone seemed to fucking hate. Really? Now, in preparation for this podcast, podcast, I watched some of it. I fell asleep to it. 
But I wanted to watch it because it was one of Neil Marshall's few, few films that I hadn't seen yet. Mm-hmm. And it is uh, pretty pretty stereotypical of Neil Marshall's style. Right, I was going to say, stylistically... <coughs> <coughs> now I've seen what? This is my second Neil Marshall, I believe, that I know I've watched. Yeah. Now I've probably watched... But now that you say that, the way he lights, the way, the way he shoots things is very, very idiosyncratic, I want to say, very tied in. I can now see, like if I saw something, I could recognize his style. Oh, yeah. You can, you can tell a Marshall. Right, but I, prior to this, not knowing you know, anything about styles or lighting or anything, I couldn't tell you anything except either I liked it or I didn't. And now I'm like, oh, shit, I can recognize a director by visual cues. No. What I will say for Hellboy is that it seems like somebody kind of toned him down a lot. Oh, toned him the fuck down a lot. Because there are parts in it that are fucking metal. Oh, yeah. And there was clearly money behind it because Mm -hmm. it was the Hellboy reboot, which let's kind of focus on how strange it was to have a Hellboy reboot in 2019, Mm -hmm. being as that the original was 2004 and Hellboy 2 was 2008. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, to reboot Hellboy in that short of a time period with Neil Marshall at the helm, Uh they knew what they were doing. They knew what they wanted. Right. Because he's a very economical director, Neil Marshall. In what way? We'll talk about it here in a moment because after Hellboy, we get 2020's The Reckoning, baby. Oh, yeah. So... This movie is super duper goddamn Neil Marshall, it and he is. is a very economical director. I will say that because a lot of his stuff looks like shit. Uh-huh. A lot of this film looks like shit. Oh, I got some comments. Yep. Oh, do I have some comments? Yeah. Uh, another real Neil Marshall staple, quick cuts. I don't know if you paid attention to this whatsoever, but I... Uh, there's the other person that we know that has very severe ADHD who I want to show Neil Marshall movies and see if it makes sense to her. Oh, wow. Because Neil Marshall's movies jump around so goddamn much that it's a real, real symptom of a Marshall. Well, oddly, now that you mention it, I find Neil Marshall films easy to watch because it jumps around like my brain jumps around. Like when I'm talking to you, I'm thinking about the tree behind you. I'm thinking about the lamp. I'm thinking about what I might say next. It's just a pinball, but when I'm watching a Neil Marshall film, he's cutting. I'm like, oh, what's this? Oh, what's this? Oh. And so it keeps my mind, my fucking jacked up mind, paying attention when I shouldn't be. Because this movie, for me, not knowing, I decided, again, sometimes I'll read something about a movie that I'm uncomfortable with watching just so I can kind of know what happens a little bit so I can ease into it i went in this fucking blind so that leads Mm. me into our weekly question that i always have for you james how did you like the reckoning well right now i had again this is another symptom of a movie where i had a hate on for most of the movie and the last 10 or 15 minutes i'm like okay i get it this ties in this 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 this, and this and it's not just about oppressing it's about empowering okay but until that point i was like fuck you for making me watch this because lemony snicket through the entire thing series of unfortunate events she just keeps getting more fucked and more fucked and more fucked and you think she's gonna die and her kid's gonna die that is a uh, broadly another neil marshall trope Mm -hmm. that this movie is about as subtle as a bus accident Mm mm-hmm I guess we should synopsize it in a moment, but I want to finish this point. They're about as subtle as a bus accident, mm-hmm. and nothing ever happens really, or very few things happen because this happened. Mm-hmm. It's, and then this happened, and then this happened, mm-hmm. and then this happened. Which plays in my brain very well. A lot, again, a lot of his films are like that, where it, there's not a lot of thought behind it. It's just a string of events and then this happened, and then this happened. It's very much like telling, or I don't want to say like hearing a child tell a story. Oh, no, but it sounds just like it now that you mention it. 
Uh-huh. And then and then the starship guy, he walked all the way across the field and and and, and then a giant alien came out of the ground. And then and then yeah, got it. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. There's there's Fuck not Fuck you for saying that, like, damn it. No. There there's basic uh like obvious story things to do. Like there's plant and payoffs. Like they do that. It's, I'm not saying it's like lazy poor writing. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is yeah, it's almost scatterbrained in the they didn't have like a clear direction that mm. they wanted to go. It was just a lot of and then and then and then and then and then. Mm. Well, uh, I've got a small aside on that because, oh, this movie. If you're not familiar with Neil Marshall, and again, I, I've, I'm somewhat familiar with him, but just visually, not story wise or not trope wise, thematically. Yeah. Yes. So. My biggest problem throughout this whole movie, again, is there, there are things that we shy away from. And they were doing a lot of the stuff that we traditionally shy away from. And I'm sitting there and I'm comparing it in my head to another movie I saw, what, in the 90s at like the music box theater. It was uh, Dancer in the Dark. Shitty shit happened and then she got killed. And I'm sitting there going, if this motherfucker made me watch this shit where this woman went to all the, and then got fucking burnt and her kid got killed, I'm going to come and kick him right in his nuts. Because that I'm just like, Jesus Christ, why am I looking at this? Well, it's beautifully shot. And look what he did with that. Mm. And, oh, and, okay, well, uh, we're going to talk about that. But right, but, yes. but do you Continue. see, but do you kind of see my point? I was like, oh, but then it did what it needed. I, I don't mind an obvious story. Because it releases the serotonin and I'm okay. Shit, shit went, you know, it didn't go great, but fucking A, they prevailed. And, you know, that's not my nice big serotonin boost. So it's going to lead into something that I kind of want to talk about, but would you like to synopsize it or should I? Mm, I'll let you do it. Alrighty, uh, Grace Haverstock, her husband dies from the plague. It's sent in medieval England. Yeah, about 1650. Husband dies of the plague. The landlord comes around and tries to make advances on her. Mm-hmm. She rebukes his advances. He accuses her of being a witch. And you can kind of put it together from there. Mm-hmm. But we'll, we'll get into a few, few yeah. of the surprises there. Okay. Now... What, again, this is such a fucking Neil Marshall kind of thing to do. I looked at the timestamp, James. Mm -hmm. Pretty much the opening salvo, which is her cutting down her husband and like the quick shots back and forth. Oh, I got an issue with that scene. Yes, from present to past showing who her husband was and Mm -hmm. how they got to where they are. Right. Is the first 11 minutes of this movie. Right. It takes for goddamn ever in... He doesn't, he is a good director who just, it seems like sometimes can't help himself. Mm -hmm. He's got to keep cutting back and forth and giving us all of this backstory that we don't need, but it's not deep, detailed story. Right. But for my idiot brain, it gives me just enough, just enough for me to keep interested and try to piece it together. So again, you know how we watch different movies? Uh Uh-huh. This is an ADHD movie. This movie is built for people like me. I get spoon-fed. I get to feel smart sometimes. I get to be mad, and I get to be happy. And it's throwing ideas at me, and I'm catching them and making them work, whether they work or not. I had fun that way with this movie. Once I got past the rough themes. Yes. And the thing that I think that bothers me the most, and I, I just want to throw this out there before I get into some things that I do like, because I've <laughs> well, been mine's ranting. stupid, dude. Mine's stupid as shit. But and this is a thing that, again, he seems to do quite a bit. They're, they're taking on a very serious subject matter, mm-hmm. but I don't think they quite knew how to handle it mm-hmm. with any real tact. It, again, it's very... Bleh, the the exposition is, like you said, it spoon feeds you, mm-hmm. and it just pukes the exposition right into your face. Oh hell yeah! At no point is there any sort of like mystery or like tension. Oh, there's tension seems... like a motherfucker for me watching it. I'm like, oh no. Uh. But they're tackling this very delicate subject, and it, it it seems very childish in the way that they approached it because they wanted to do very. It seems like a lot of shock with not a lot of follow through or thought attached mm. to it, in my estimation. Mm, again, I, I'm still processing this movie. Okay. 
And I'm still trying to come to grips with whether I like it or not. Part of me really likes it because, I, we're, as we were talking about, the simplicity, the spoon feeding, the surprises but not real surprises, uh, the, the characters weren't really inhabited. There's a, there's a lot of little stuff, but my brain did not notice it. And when the, when the part came that made me happy, I started tying shit together. It didn't even need to be tied together. It was just somebody vaguely said something in the second thing, and my brain's making that shit work. And I wasn't even fucking high. I'm just watching the movie. But it again, it's a delight for people like me to watch a movie like this. But I have so many now. I mean, I've had issues watching the movie the entire time. You want to know what the stupidest one is? Go for it. Opening scene. She's dragging that sword, right? Dragging this fucking sword, right? I think I know where we're going. Okay, and it, she's barely lifting it up. A fucking two-handed sword. Uh-huh. A two-handed broadsword. A Zvihander. Weighs eight to ten pounds. A traditional... <laughs> a traditional sword. One-handed sword from the 1650s. Weighed three to five pounds. And she's dragging it like it's a 200-pound fucking sword. Uh, damn D&D for that knowledge. Okay, here was my issue with that. Oh, and the that, blowout. Is that she drags this sword mm-hmm. all the way out there. Mm-hmm. Her husband's hanging up relatively high. Mm-hmm. It is above her head mm-hmm. by at least, would you say, two to three feet at the very least. Yeah. Now, the arc in which she is uh, <laughs> following... It doesn't match with what's happening in the film. Well, when I saw it, I thought she cut his fucking head off. That's what I thought. She was going to cut him, like, right below the shoulder Mm -hmm. and get his sword stuck in his body. Yeah, I I was like, oh, no, dude, no, no. And again, that's that little, like, man, this looks cheap (laughs) moment. Mm -hmm. It's super-duper Neil Marshall, and it's it's so frustrating for, for me to watch. Like you said, your brain, it makes it all click together in, you know, these certain kind of ways. Because, again, it's very distracting for me when it cuts so quickly Mm -hmm. all of the time. And especially when it's supposed to be, sometimes it's flashbacks, Mm -hmm. but they're not blips on the screen like a flashback would be. Mm -hmm. They hold on the shot, but they're not any longer than just his regular quick cuts. Mm -hmm. It's so goddamn confusing the way that he shoots it, it, it super irritates Well, you, me. you just need to get a brain like mine, because mine made me enjoy the fuck out of it. But I, I did, there's one through line that I did appreciate, and I wasn't sure at the beginning of the movie, when the husband is drinking, it looked like that was intended for someone else. No, no, actually, it looks like it was intended for him, and I thought he got the plague from drinking the wine at the tavern that had been spiked. Yes. And I believe it was from the squire who wanted the lamb. The squire swi- did the old switcheroo with the cups. Yeah, yeah. So, and I liked that it was a through line because I was like, okay, that was kind of spoon-fed. But the other thing, it helped me infer a whole bunch more about the designs and how the Witchfinder works and how all this stuff works. Because it, 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 he did not really read too much into history. No. Oh, he uh, played fast and loose with all that shit. Sure did. And uh, That exit crawl... Mm-hmm. 500, or by some estimations, 500,000 witches were executed. I couldn't substantiate that evidence whatsoever oh. in my searches, James. Uh-uh. I don't think there were that. I, I After found, the plague, there weren't that many people to kill. I found the high end of that being about 60,000. Mm. From reasonable estimates. Right. And then if you want to talk about Torquemada, whether he was looking for infidels or witches, they weren't just Jews. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It was just us. Hey, you're a witch. Why? You got a big nose. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, by yeah, the way, I, I, just, I, I must mention that I am Jewish. <laughs> just, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I don't want anybody going, that anti-Semitic prick. I'm making fun of me. So, James. Yes. How did you feel about the, and I, I'm going to say it, the abject predictability of the story beats? Um. I did not notice that they were absolutely predictable. Well, the the, uh, squire Mm -hmm. just being the sex-crazed drunken pig. Mm -hmm. Again, I I know these aren't like 
their story be their you know cliches and story beats for a reason that yes those yeah. dudes existed but they did the poison wine mm-hmm. at the dinner and they tried to have some smart dialogue where she would get away without taking a sip while he drank whatever it it's yeah. a lot of these old like that's not new this is very we've talked about paint by numbers before right. Well, I was thinking harder. This seems to be that yeah. to me. But for me, I was thinking more about, because it, it was kind of striking me as it goes through, you know, I'm watching this movie. Yeah, I know us guys are pieces of shit. I get it. I get it. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, and when she came back and was empowered at the end and did all that, I'm like, oh, I get it now. It was a big, you know, and, and I appreciate it because it was done better than one of the movies we saw that was supposed to be a feminist movie. Oh, boy. This one at least was well shot. There was a story through, there was everything, and it, and it made a huge point. And you didn't have to, you know, a lot of times I'll look for a point because I want to like the movie better. In this case, the point was writ so large, at by the end of the movie, I'm like, okay, I can appreciate it more. You know, they, it was well filmed. It was pretty to look at for me. And, uh, okay, nah, it, it ratcheted meter a little bit towards like I'm still I'm still kind of ambivalent. I'm waiting to switch the dial one way or the other. But you know I I appreciate a lot of things about it. Uh, all right, my my one last complaint, and this is a big one for me, James. Mm-hmm. This is a real biggie. The I I did tell the, the television to go fuck itself at okay. the end of this movie. The horror beats didn't need to be there, right? Whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Why were they there? Why was the devil involved? Yeah. That was never addressed. Because we get to see another uh, uh, demon grope. Sure. Yeah. For a few seconds. Yeah. You know what would have made this movie better? Is when um, Sean Sean Pert, we had his hands out and he finally sees the devil. I wanted to see the devil put his arms around him just like he did the chick. I would have fucking been like... Yeah. Yeah, because while he's burning, there's one last close-up of the devil smiling Mm -hmm. as he burns, which obviously, yes, we get it. He's burning like so many women that he, Mm -hmm. innocent uh, innocent women that he murdered. Mm -hmm. Yep, right on the nose, Neil Marshall. Now, I think I can fix this movie. Oh, yeah? You condense the entire story that they told to about half to two-thirds of the movie. Yeah. The rest of it, you have the devil come in and run fucking rampant because they had cool demon effects. Yeah, they did. That devil looked rad. Yeah, it had did. he done what he usually does and puts his foot on the accelerator, mm-hmm. had he done a doomsday, yeah. this movie, it would have saved everything for me. Hmm. Because instead of there being a demonic element, it just turns into Grace Haverstock action hero. Mm-hmm. Which I enjoyed. Yes, but after she had, all she had endured, it was less, I don't want to say less believable because right. I get that it's this hero story, mm-hmm. but it very much drew me out of it of like, okay, none of the gore or anything was comic booky oh, yeah, or yeah. fun. Yeah. Oh, there's one that was comic booky. Okay. But <laughs> none of it was like fun. Yeah. Like, you know, like, okay, she's being tortured in these outlandish ways. And it, again, one of them, pretty outlandish and gross. If it's one, if it was the pair, it's a real thing. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But to then have her just kind of be all right to fight the living shit out of Sean Pertwee's personal ninja. And prior to the, oh, Ursula. Ninja, which is fucking rad. Oh, that We're was the shit. We're going to have to talk shit. about that. Yeah. But, but anyway. Think about it. Every day she would go in. She get, she got the fuck stabbed out of her. Cha, 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 cha. She had that thing popped in her and all manner of shit. And every time we see her, it bar maybe twice. It's she's, she's clean. She has a blowout, and she has makeup that looks like no makeup. And uh-huh. I'm like, Get the fuck out of here. First of all, nobody was that goddamn clean in 1650. That's why I had the goddamn plague. No, those are the two hottest people alive on the planet absolutely. in 1590, whatever. Well, yes, it, absolutely. And I'm just like, come on. Yeah, right from the first shot when you see her. If you don't just immediately go, bullshit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, come on. But, James, yes. she helped write the movie. It. it Whatever's clever, buddy. 
Because, James, I know this will be hard to believe, hmm. but her and Neil Marshall are a couple. Get out of Dodge. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. They have another joint venture coming out called Duchess. Hey, they. Yes. So, all right. Things that I thought were pretty rad. Yeah. Um, Ursula. Oh, Ursula from Jump Street. Ursula's the absolute best. Real uh, Brotherhood of the Wolf vibes. Fuck yeah. I was thinking the exact same thing. Yeah, how Sean Pertree has his own just like personal ninja assassin. Oh, speaking of, remember when I told I, I sent you that text? Yes. I started the other another movie called The Reckoning. Earlier time period or like right around the same time period. And it had fucking Vince Casal, Paul Bettany. All kinds of shit. And I'm like, oh, fuck yeah. And I'm walking in about 20 minutes to the movie. I said, no goddamn horror or anything. Nobody's hurt. This is a, what, 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 no. And then I'm like, oh shit. I, I went and go and looked it up. And I was like, oh, I got the wrong movie. <laughs> oh, oh, that's certainly not what he could have meant. <laughs> yeah. Because it was a damn good movie there. I, I, I've only seen Paul. I've only remembered Paul Bettany from Priest. Moment what about of silence. A Knight's Tale. I barely remember that movie. I saw it once, and I'm like, ah. And it wasn't very good. No. He was in a Johnny Depp's Mordecai. Yeah, another one. I, I, I lined up to see that. I have never seen it. Yeah, don't. It's fine. Right. You'll be all right. But it's one of those movies that I would, I, you know, I used to be able to, or used to go rent to watch just because I fucking, what is this? Click. And I would hate watch it. But, all right, back to things that I do like about The Reckoning. Sean Pertwee. Fuck to the yeah. Dude. He is the best, and he is very much an alum of uh, Neil Marshall films. Well, and I've, I've got to say this. I was a huge fan of his father, John Pertwee, because I'm a Doctor Who nut. And I remember his run of the Doctor Who, and he was like the one badass doctor who was like, instead of using his sonic screwdriver, he'd go kick somebody in the head and shit. And I'm like, oh. And he had that gravitas, the same gravitas that his son has. And, and I have not seen... Pertwee in a movie in a long time. He was much younger the last time I saw him in something. Uh-huh. And man, with his age and the face, and I'm just like, holy shit, that guy can, A, he can act his ass up. He can. He's very good. He can make a lot out of a little. And uh, his presence, he's a presence. Some, some actors, you, they're verbal or their presence is movement. But just when he walks on, he's just a presence. It doesn't matter what role he's in. And, and it's so interesting, too, because... He, you're absolutely right. He he commands the screen when mm-hmm. he's on it. He commands your attention. Absolutely. He is very much just an ordinary looking dude, though. Right, but the with no he, cheating. He doesn't do it cheating because some people can steal scene by, you know, making faces or doing whatever. Yeah. He just fucking doesn't even have the goddamn move, and you're just like, yeah, he's transfixed. magnetic. Yeah. Um, I I gotta say, as much as the character is unlikable, uh, Stephen Waddington is the squire. Oh, fuck yeah. He does an amazing job. Because he doesn't go over the top. He plays it like, hey, this is my fucking place, guys. Uh Uh-huh. He looks like a guy who who owns a marina in Michigan, you know? Uh Uh-huh. And hey, you 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 better fucking do what I tell you. Your boat's going to someplace the fuck else. It's my marina, you know? Uh Uh-huh. And he played it just like that. He's like he didn't care one way or other what the fuck he did with her because he can't have her so fuck it, let her die yeah. I just want the house and when the house burnt and him, that's the only time you saw him just get lit up and you're like oh, scary there, motherfucker there is the time when she refuses to confess and he gets super mad oh yeah that uh, Sean Pertwee and Ursula didn't coerce a confession from her yeah and th- like they have to tell him she's going to burn anyway like, yeah I, I didn't understand what that outburst was all about. That was one of the very confusing parts of the film. Because he, I think it was because he was impatient to get his hands on what he's been trying to get forever. Because he is very much into the torture. Oh, hell yeah. Throughout all of it. Like, not even ambivalent. Like, he's looking forward to it. Like, what are you going to do to a day? Yeah, and even Moorcroft is like, sir, I'm a man of God. I take no... Uh, pleasure in this, which is bullshit. Nah. It's clearly bullshit. Yeah. But at least you the, saw his saw his face when he was flagellating. But mm, at least yeah. the squire is yeah up front, of, and he is he's a disgusting fucking pig. But he never changes. No, unrepentant. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Until the very last moment, mm-hmm. he is just the scum of the earth, and I th- it's very much encapsulated in the line. 
where he's yelling at the you know the bar's kind of giving him shit mm-hmm. because you know oh what you kick your ass squire yep. she wouldn't sleep with you squire and he yells at them you know I own all of you you just accept it that is your lot in life is you mm-hmm. belong to me mm-hmm. and he is just yeah and he tries to have his way with Grace and she points a gun in his face but you forgot to prime it yeah and uh that's the that's the ancient version of honey safety's on yep and yeah he just all about torturing her from then on Mm -hmm. and i mean there there's a couple good uh supporting characters uh her friend yeah carolyn kate i thought it was kate i fucking know whatever and her husband yeah who you know is oh Real piece of work. <laughs> Lovely piece of work because, again, I, I enjoyed watching her struggle with knowing that her friend is not a witch, but knowing that she could be the next on the fucking block, fighting what she's trying to do and how she can help but can't help. We talk about, again, we talk about uh, empower, women empowerment. You know, she's trying to find a way to get some kind of hand without getting killed or hurt. And I think that's played very well. And she kills her husband. And I, I wish they would have shot it better. Because this is, again, when I find his Neil Marshall's films frustrating. Because when that husband gets his head run over with the fucking wagon wheel. Oh, I jumped. I was like, oh. But it is, it's literally a blink of an eye. Right. Blink and you miss it. Mm-hmm. Man, again, he, it's the ADHD, I feel like. The, yeah. He jumps around so much. Like... Man, give us that shot. Show, show to it to me, me. But the funny thing is, to me, that shot was so long because you could see his face cleaved with the wagon wheel. They held on long enough where my brain was like, dude, don't show me anymore. And they cut. And I'm like, ha, ha, ha. Because I saw the whole thing. I'm like, oh, oh, except for that blink where they couldn't really show it all the way through. But the way they cut it, I'm just like, fuck, it went through his head. But I mean... But I love the lead up to that scene, too, because... No, but the violence looked, again, throughout this whole thing, even punches inflict normal damage. It's not like a punch knocks somebody through a wall or a punch doesn't hurt somebody. Unless that damage is done to Grace. Right, but that's a different story. About this particular scene, when one old boy clocked her one, tap, one of the dumb, popped her right on her ass. But the way they should, the way, I hate to say this, but the way they showed the punch, the guy must have known how to punch. Because it looked fucking real. And, uh-huh. and it wasn't like she flew across the room. She was standing on the edge of the hill and she got knocked over. Yeah. And then she was going to get up and talk shit and do whatever. She had a big rock in her hand. Again, as much as I don't want to talk about really like hitting women, he doesn't full on haymaker her. He gives, gives her like that kind of short stinger yeah, punch right in the big face. Big old rabbit that punch. He, that he knows is going to fucking knock her down Mm -hmm. Uh, it's not right but again what you're saying it's very well done Mm -hmm. and that's why i'm so conflicted with neil marshall's movies because there are parts in this even the stabs and the stab sounds you're like holy shit yeah they're very good Mm -hmm. he knows what he's doing but it seems like for a lot of the time he doesn't care i know how to make this movie better for you i'm gonna get neil marshall are you yeah and i'm gonna get him to direct another film just pick whatever script he wants Get all set up and have him medicated the entire fucking time. Okay? And I will sit in, I will sit in the dressing room. I'll medicate with him. Four more hours, buddy. Got to take the next one. Yeah. You got work to do, homie. I, I'm sure Neil Marshall, successful director Neil Marshall, is going to take you up on your offer of no, no, prescription no. There's drugs. no offer here. There's no offer. The motherfucker's going to do it. But <laughs> You hear that, Neil? Yeah. Watch out, Neil. I'm coming for you. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's just issue threats yeah no i'm not doing that no. but no but it, what i'm saying is it wouldn't make a successful movie but it would make a movie better for you to watch yeah <laughs> one oh. of the things that very much made me laugh that i i thought would get you and it sounds like it did when he's showing shots of the field and like the it looks like pollen floating through the air all i could think is like Man, you're about 15 years too late for anybody to think that that looks good anymore. (laughs) I didn't think about it then. (coughs) Yep. 
Like, man, you're still you doing that me. weird static shot with the, like, super bright pollen in the wind. Who boy. Have I got news for you, Neil. I we st- have moved on. I still like it. I knew you would, which is why I wanted to bring it up. Because I haven't seen it 10,000 times. God damn it. Now, you know what's happening? You know what's happening, sadly? Throughout the year that I've been doing this, a year in, year in change, I'm starting to become jaded about shit. Before, I just watch a movie and just stupidly, oh, wow, there's people moving and talking and shit. There's noise coming out of their mouth. Yay. Now I'm like, the fuck are they doing with the shot? What are they setting up? I can see them act. What? Uh, no. It hasn't ruined movies for me, but it has made a completely different experience for me. So I, I've been thinking about this while we were talking because we were talking about how just the devil shows up. Mm-hmm. Does it do the thing that we really didn't want it to do? Was it trying to say, after her being able to do all this after taking multiple, multiple injuries, was it trying to say that she was, in fact, a witch? Because the cover art has her with red eyes. I understand that. Like, there would be some sort of supernatural... uh, And when the devil scratches her neck from behind, it is there. Right. Ah, again... Here. Are they inferring that there is a supernatural element to this? I didn't catch I didn't catch any supernatural to it. In my head the devil was her trying to she she was trying to look back to find out was she guilty? What where where did she stand? Was she right or wrong to the, this point? Had you know, had she she was fighting with her own inner self, her inner demons that came as a devil. But then when the devil started groping on I'm like, "Oh, wait." Again, it, uh, how do I put this? Um, <laughs> I've been in DTs where I'm just ranting and raving, etc. And I've had people tell me some of the shit that I said. And uh, it, if you haven't slept in four days and you're tortured on a daily, yeah, um, I think that that could be something like delirium. You know what I mean? So everything to me was a plausible you know what I mean? She could have scratched then, herself. Then I could guess have been nicked I, by something else. I mean, that's what I'm saying is if she was in a delirium and clawed her own neck, I would like them to have made that more clear than just the devil did it. Ah, gotcha. And, but then never reintroducing that supernatural element, mm-hmm. uh, at least blatantly anyway, until they just show the shot of the devil while Sean Pertwee's dying. Yeah. But did they do the? Th- are we to assume that the only reason that she could do all of these physical because she fights the living shit out of Ursula? Wow! After having her vagina ripped out, essentially. Yeah, and she never showed the effects of anything. She remember what? When remember when he so told her to sit down? Yes. I'm sitting there going, "Oh, don't, honey, no," and I was expecting a wince or something. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. And she just sat down. Bloop. I'm like, oh, oh, I don't have a vagina. But when she sat down, I, I twinged. Yeah, when she was running all about and yeah. jumping over tables yeah. and sliding over things and fighting the living shit out of the ninja assassin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I wasn't paying attention to the fact that she... I'm just watching her. I'm watching a fucking... I'm watching a, you know, a kung fu fight in the middle of a... Uh-huh. Uh, you know, of a witch movie, which I'm all about. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We, we've talked about Brotherhood of the Wolf. Fuck we both the, very yeah. much enjoyed it. And I love that element of it, although it just seemed, it did take me out of place. I'm like, well, fucking, the tone isn't, the isn't tone this. all the way there is not this. And had they interspersed it to make it a running gag, I guess, or a running, a oh, running a stopping, yeah, a running theme. No, it's just a one-off. I, I'm, and we're not, we understand that Ursula was burned as a witch and was brainwashed by Moorcraft. Yes. Okay, I get that, but it would make more sense if we knew why she was being burned as a witch and then maybe have it come back when they're talking, maybe see a moment of doubt on her face before the fight. Before You know what I'm saying? Yes. But they never really delve deep into any of the characters. Again, you, you said it, and I agree with you. The exposition is took care of all of the acting part or the the real nitty-gritty of a character. They didn't have to develop because they've already told us everything we need to know. 
and they didn't supply us with more character development, which irritated the fuck out of me. We didn't get any subtleties of anyone's right. character, except right. for Sean Pertwee, Pertwee, who just does it naturally, right. which I don't know if that's a choice or if that's just his film presence. But I don't know, but it's amazing. Yeah, but yeah, none of them are very deeply developed, and it seems like they almost intentionally skip over it because they didn't. it just wasn't there in the script. Mm. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying is that every time I start a movie that is dealing with, you know, witches, especially in that time period, and uh, I guess to a further extent if we're talking about uh, the the film that we already talked about regarding witches, Mm -hmm. but there is always that flash at the beginning, please do not do the... Oh, there actually were witches at Salem. Mm-hmm. No, because these were innocent women that were being murdered. Systematically having their land taken away. They had no rights at that time anyway. No. But if they had no husband, they had even less rights. Exactly. So, that's why I'm not sure if they did that or not. I, you know what? I, I don't feel that they did. Upon a second watch, you have a gift that I do not have. You can sit down and pay attention to a movie and sit down and watch the whole thing. Unless something grabs me by the nuts, I got to watch it in 20-minute bursts, 25-minute bursts. I have to go back and re-watch parts of it. I didn't have to re-watch a lot of this, but I had to stop it a bunch because, it, 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 again, it was the themes were rough. And you had no idea where it was going, or I had no idea where it was going. You, you know, you say it's laid out in story form, yes, but, again, I was thinking of that other movie. I'm like, please don't. It, it would make it an interesting, more interesting piece that women have been subjugated and are continued to be subjugated and maybe have a little blurb at the end or something. Yeah, or, you know what I mean? Or have, have more character, have more something. Any sort of nuance yeah. to the subject. Because as much as I don't want to... How do I say this? I don't want to sympathize with a character like Sean Pertwee's. Mm-hmm. They're just so abjectly evil that they never show us, give us too much development into why they are such true believers. Yeah, what but happened never, to yeah. make Moorcroft Moorcroft? It would have been nice to have a little something. Oh, yeah, all we get is that he also killed her mother. Mm-hmm. And this is her revenge at the end. Right. Yes. But yeah, we don't see him in any other context but murdering women right i guess and the flagellation which could you know i guess it's character development to show that he is a devout believer but there's also a few things that he says that makes you kind of think that he's not that he just enjoys killing people Mm -hmm. and that's what again i don't know if that was actually supposed to be written into the character if it's just sean pertwee's screen presence Again, he's got. Maybe he thought, dude, they didn't write much for me. I got to bring something. <laughs> he brought something. Because man, we've talked about how good a lot of the supporting characters are. Mm-hmm. Charlotte Kirk is uh, not a lead actress Mm-mm. by any stretch of the imagination. There's not much there there. No, and when she's also writing and performing and. Uh, in a relationship with the director. Mm-hmm. I I think, again, I don't want to be a dick about it, but I think he's giving her a bit of leeway as a director. I bet because you she... she was easily the most distracting part of this film for me. I will say that she probably didn't hear no on set much. Yes. Or, hey, we need to take this again. Yeah. Unless she suggested. I didn't like that one. Again, this is all speculation. Mm-hmm. And I... Good for her. She wrote and got a movie made. Fuck She's yeah. doing more than we ever did. Bully for her. Right, but... Man, I... D- you gotta understand, maybe she's not that poor an actress compared to other actresses. But when you put, them, when you put her between the people she was acting with... She had to play off uh, Sean Pertwee. Yes. Okay, that guy, again, he's a fucking presence. She has to hold her own against him in a scene. You know what I mean? Oh, man. It's like watching Devil's Advocate. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. It's exactly like that, though. So I wouldn't, I'm not saying anything, I'm not denigrating her acting skills at all. 
No, she's better than me. Oh, fuck yeah, she's better on accident than I am on purpose. Uh-huh. <laughs> but uh, again, I you, you, that's why you try to get I, as a casting person. I imagine you try to find people of somewhat equal talent, so nobody is like you because, know because she has quite a few lines. And again, I don't mean to sound like a dickhead when I speculate. It sounds like this might have been a script that Neil Marshall had, and she said, well, I want to tweak my lines. Uh-huh. And she gave herself a bit more screen time mm-hmm. than maybe what was necessary. It could be too, but... Because she has a few times where she goes on almost monologues and it will... with a sweeping camera movements, yeah. and it looks like a soap opera. <laughs> I'm waiting for her to turn backwards and look back into the room. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, there's a few of those. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and the it, fact that I don't think she had the uh, the ability to say, "Yeah, fuck me up a little bit." I don't need my face to always be just right. absolutely beautiful, mm-hmm. because she looks gorgeous even I, throughout all of this. Yeah. Day three, <laughs> yeah, she, she just got exploded from the inside. She's just walking in, hey, yeah, how you doing? Those, she, and she looks fantastic, absolutely blow out and the makeup again, but. <laughs> Um, I, I, I originally thought that maybe she, she was supposed to be stoic from the time she got arrested. But then I thought back, even when she was wearing, uh, wearing the Three Musketeers outfit at the pub, uh-huh. she didn't have a lot of effect. No. She, she was kind of presence. And that's what I, again, I think uh, the, I didn't look up his name, but Joseph, her husband, I didn't think was very strong of an actor, but they used him sparingly. So yeah. it, it was I, fine. I, I, I felt little chemistry between the two in the scenes. Yeah. I'm like, eh. And again, it's so distracting because they are the two hottest people that you have ever seen. My God. In, in rural England mm-hmm. in the 1500s. Get right the fuck out of here. That'd be like going to. Did you notice? The right, ruralist here's, trailer park and finding two gorgeous people in there. I have a real bone to pick, too. And this is probably just me nitpicking, but it really stood out to me. I doubt you'll even remember what I'm talking about, but it bugged the shit out of me. The first time we see see her after cutting her husband down, sitting at her table at home, Mm -hmm. doesn't it look like she's sitting in front of like blinds and a couple of mirrors? Like it looks very modern. Oh my god! Especially the way that it's lit. Until they pulled the corner, like when you know they did Uh the the pan and they pulled the corner. I'm like, what is this? 1970, uh, 50, 1650. But still, everything looked much too nice for a hovel on the outskirts of an English village in the 1500s while being wrecked by the plague. Nothing, and nobody was dirty. Nope. Nobody. Joseph was a little sweaty. He was mm-hmm. wet. Mm-hmm. There was an artistic smudge on a few people. Man, his wet hair and that grizzled beard. Mm-mm-mm. He, mm, that's mm. a fine piece of man candy. Indeed it is. Mm-hmm. So, uh, again, and it's the super-duper lack of character development with the uh, the kid that helps her. Because oh, all of a sudden, he is a major character in this story. Okay, do you know how, you know why he took me out of the movie? The haircut. Well, no, that too. But he, for some reason, all I could think of is... He looks like the giant from Mickey and the Beanstalk. <laughs> but I, all I could think of too, he does look like that, but James Corden's lesser known half-brother. That's all I could think of. Jesus. Yeah, that's how my brain works. But every time I saw him, I was waiting, hey, are you going to ask him another question and sing a Broadway song, buddy? Come on. And it, yeah, my brain went on a whole different tangent. Yeah, even all the people at the jail. Why was the mad preacher there? He yeah. didn't really serve a function. Neither neither did the other girl in the cell. The girl that gets shot. Yeah. The squire well. shoots her right in the gut, and I honestly, I couldn't have cared less. Because there was no... Yeah, she's been tortured, and she stopped. She didn't give up. Yeah, we get it. Why was she being tortured? What happened? <laughs> there are conversations they had. She, neither one of them helped either one of them. Uh-huh. I'm like, the fuck? Yeah, and the mad... I thought that perhaps he would come back and see, I'm not so mad after all. I thought he was going to end up being the devil. Or that. (laughs) Either way. nothing. No. Because, again, remember when I got pissed off about all the red herrings in the other movie? Uh Uh-huh. 
I didn't think of them. They got a whole bunch of fucking hanging red herrings in this bitch too. Uh-huh. God damn it. I hate you, Chris. My one of my so other, let me enjoy a movie a little bit in peace, motherfucker. One of my other favorite things that I just went like, hmm, that was lazy, was when the fu- squire first shows up and she uh, she got the vision from her husband to go dig up his body and take his ring off his finger. Mm-hmm. The squire comes around and she gives him the ring and says, "This will pay for the next three months." <laughs> At no point does he just go, "No, I fucking won't." Like, he just accepts her terms. Right. I don't know why. It, that struck me as very odd. Not only that, but if, I, if I'm if i this guy and I've got no moral compass. <sighs> no. Fucking give me the ring. It's your three months. Gotcha. Yep. What ring? Yep. Fuck, fuck, exactly. Fuck you, pay me. But fuck you, pay me. He looks irritated that she has these two gold rings of indeterminate value. Mm-hmm. He's like, ah, she got me. And that's the only reason that he's mad. It's not because she couldn't pay him. It's because she wouldn't fuck him. Mm-hmm. At no point does she does he say to anybody, oh, she didn't have the money. Right. Because very well could have. Yeah. He just accepted that those two rings were worth the next six months and went, ah, damn it, I'll get her after that. Mm-hmm. But he had to know living in that time how easy it was to get somebody busted for a witch. Why the fuck wouldn't he take the money and then kill her anyway? Yeah. He had previously gotten her friend killed. Was it Molly Parker? Who, again, a character who serves no real function. Uh-uh. She's brought up a few times, and I think they show her once, uh-huh. but it, it not for a reason, just to show that they're killing other women, I guess. Eh, I don't know. They need to just fill more time for this long-ass movie. Uh-huh. Yeah. This movie's almost two hours long, James. Yeah. fuck you. <laughs> Why? <laughs> no reason. All right. <laughs> God yeah. damn it. I almost kind of half-assed liked it until fucking end of this goddamn thing. I know. I think it's been a long time since we've gotten into a good shouting thing about mm. a movie. Yeah. Well, <coughs> the, I guess my biggest litmus test of movies is, do I feel insulted for having watched it? No, I enjoyed, I enjoyed parts of it. I liked the way it was filmed. I like all them stupid-ass cuts. And, I, you know, again, I like the original movie I saw. The one where I wasn't thinking as much. Uh-huh. Yeah, but once you start, to un- it's like pulling one little string uh-huh. on your sweater and you just keep pulling and pulling and pulling. You and get this ratty ass thing. Unravels in quick cuts and then yeah. all of a sudden you're naked. The end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Go fuck yourself, Chris. Yeah, this movie <laughs> sucks. I, I, seriously, James, I, I don't know why I continue to and I repeatedly watch Neil Marshall's movies. I think it's because I'm trying to figure him out. Well, I think... Because, okay, you can say that this story ties together, but kind of does it, really? Mm. <laughs> it's a long string of events with no, like... What do you mean, like life? Real connective tissue. Yeah, I guess, but that's not <laughs> storytelling. I know. <coughs> I don't know, dude. I am... I was kind of ambivalent, half, half-assed, kind of enjoying it. God damn you. Yep. Uh, I love you, Neil Marshall. Mm-hmm. Please don't stop making movies. No, my ADHD ass will enjoy it until Chris talks to me. Oh, absolutely. And I, I'm i going to look into watching Centurion. I believe I saw like 20 minutes of it. I mean, Michael Fassbender's in it. He's good. Mm-hmm. I, if it's the one I'm thinking of, there was a big fight on an ice lake that was cool as fuck. That sounds about like Neil Marshall. Yeah, there's just like, ah, people coming at each other with swords, yep, people trying I to crack will- the ice and shit. <laughs> Oh, excuse me. It's all good, man. I will I will find for you and figure out a way for you to watch Doomsday. Oh, hells yeah. Because if you liked how all over the place this movie was, you're going to fucking cream in your jeans at Doomsday. I didn't really notice it was all over the place until you pointed it out, God damn it. Uh-huh. Because I medicate before these things. All right. I, we're, we're getting there. James? Um, yes? Would you recommend The Reckoning? I would, for about three or four people that I know... They would enjoy it the way I enjoyed it the first time, and then I'd get the Chris the fuck out of them. <laughs> Even though there's a point in this movie where she says, it's The Reckoning. I don't care. Okay. Don't care. Because, again... I, I would not. <laughs> right. And I would not recommend it to anybody else but the three people that I'm thinking about right fucking now, because there's all over the place as I am, 
and they'll enjoy it. And, and again, I'll get to Chris them right afterwards. Oh, you see the movie? Yeah. You like it? Yeah. Well, what about this and this and this and this and this and this? And, oh, and oh, did you see that? And, and they'll be like, fuck you, James. And I'm going to enjoy the shit out of it. But, I mean, burn victim assassin ninja. Oh, hells yeah. There, there are bits and pieces of this. They fucking rule. Yeah. And that's why I think uh, old Neil gets hired. Because fucking the shit he gets, he gets. Oh yeah, he he when he wants to nail it, he nails it. But the filler, he it just seems like he doesn't give a shit. Oh, you know what this is? ADHD hyperfocus. All of a sudden, you're kind of oh, we got this together, we got this together, oh shiny, and just work really hard on that one thing, and then lose interest and go on to the next thing until you find a really shiny thing again. It's a perfect movie for ADHD people. Yeah, it's real torture for everybody else. <laughs> well, much like a lot of the movies I've had to watch that you've discussed, it's torture yeah. for ADHD people. I am the pretty thing that lives in the house. Mm-hmm. The movie that goes at a literal army crawl pace. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Yo. buddy. Yeah, fuck you. Although, I will have to say that I'm getting more inured to that because I've realized that done well, it builds tension. Done well, it draws me in. Done well. You know what I mean? Yeah, I get into the nuance. And yeah. like I said, it's hard for me when this movie not only cuts as fast as it does, it's a visual assault, but there's zero nuance. Mm-hmm. It is nail on the head. Whack. Every single point that they try to make, they tell you. I said, ha- I said hammered that nail about three times during this movie because I was watching it. My, I was initially watching it with my wife because I'm trying to include her in shit I do, right? Yes. But after 20 minutes, she's like, I I can't do this. Yeah. She's like, I already know what the fucking movie is. And I'm like, what? She's like, the first first 12 minutes told me everything I need to know. I can tell you what's going to happen. And I'm like, fuck, you can. She said, go watch it. I'm going to tell you what happens. God damn it, she didn't. Uh-huh. But I'm just like, in my, in my ADHD brand, it's a lucky guess. Fuck you. And went back out and watched some more. No, it was because th- she has an organized mind. Uh-huh. And she can put shit together and watch in real time uh-huh and she told me what was going to happen next and i ignored it and i didn't think about it till just now god damn it yeah and i mean we talk about all the time it's it's perfectly fine to tell a simple story mm-hmm. this is a simple story mm-hmm. but if you're going to tell a very simple story you need to make your world more inhabited than this you need nuance you mm-hmm. don't need constant spectacle so if we separate this from the the big again women's empowerment tone i think uh the one thing i will say about this movie is that it never let up on that particular theme it arched with the movie and stayed with the movie and uh as a theme i thought it was well presented because a lot of times these subtextual ideas are just shit we make up this was it writ large and never let go of and i think for again for a movie to to push forward a message, whether the movie is good or not good, if the message if the message sticks, it it did its job a little bit. Unlike again, well, I forgot the movie that we watched that seemed like it was a feminist movie but not done well. Autopsy of Jane Doe. Yes, and yeah, I, I think, couldn't think of the name yeah. earlier. That's why I just said oh, right. uh, the movie that we talked about. Right, this movie I think keeps that message up and pulls it through better, and the movie was better than that one, so. I think that it successfully pushed that. And all the things that I complained about with Charlotte Kirk getting uh, what I felt was unwarranted extra screen time, mm-hmm. maybe Neil Marshall had written a script that really wasn't kind toward women, and she may have gone back through and said, uh-uh, I'm mm-hmm. fixing this. And if that is the case, then fucking cool. Because, yes, this movie is a female empowerment tale. Mm-hmm. It, it, she gets the shit beat out of her the entire time. But she endures. But she rises from the ashes mm-hmm. with the help of the devil, maybe. Eh. Or, or just sheer tyranny of will after having her insides ripped from mm-hmm. her. It's like, motherfuckers, I'm going to get yours. James, yes. the platform that she's on is just leaking blood I know. <laughs> everywhere. I know. I know she probably had a court left, but God damn it, the devil did it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, James. Yes. Uh, home stretch, buddy. Yeah. Home stretch. Home stretch. What have we got to plug? Oh, we've got this amazing podcast where all podcasts are sold. 
Yes, uh, please go give us ratings, reviews, uh, subscribes. I don't know. Something. Yeah, yeah, stars. Stars. Yeah, those are good. Give us the fucking stars. Because, you know, you write a couple, two, three reviews, give us about five stars. You know, we get more ears on us. We yeah. get more ears on us. Maybe uh, somebody will uh, like us or some shit. Nah. 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 Maybe they'll throw some money at us. But, uh, yeah, you can also join our Facebook groups and Instagram page. Oh, yeah. And don't we have a, um, what do you call that? An email address or something? Oh, we do have one of those. Uh, is it horrorvomitpodcast at gmail.com? I believe it is. Man, what a stupid bit we just did. I, 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 I hate us. For I was that. not doing a bit because I didn't remember the goddamn <laughs> oh. website. I've tried to call it a website, the uh, email's name. Yep. Uh, we don't have a website because uh, we are disorganized. Mm-hmm. That should cost money. Oh, does it? You get a website? Yeah, you got to. Somebody told me you can get like some, some program that makes it easy to do, but then I'd have to do it. I, mm. I'd rather have somebody do it for mm. me. And you know, throw some cash away because I don't doing mm stuff. The, the stuff doing yeah, super duper pass. God, you know how much effort that takes. You, I I dude stuff today and I didn't like it. Oh no 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 no. Okay, uh, let's be done. Yeah, I got to do James, stuff tomorrow. I'm trying not to think about it. James. Yes. Shall we tell everybody goodbye? <laughs> goodbye. Fuck you, Morris. Hey. You can see it. <laughs>